Welcome to another edition of the Ark of Ohio podcast. My name is Josh, and here is Lindsay. Hi, guys. Lindsay. So yesterday we were actually at the the Disability Awareness Day, which was at mm-hmm. the State House, and we had a lot of fun. And um, but it was a busy day. It was a busy. It was, day. and it went so fast. Like last night at like nine, Jeremy and I looked at each other on the couch, and we were like, Did, "Were we in Columbus today?" We right. Yeah. And I was like, "That feels like." forever ago but yeah yeah, it was a great day it's one of those events that you come after after covid you're kind of how who's going to come like who's going to show up how's it going to come to come together it was packed like it was full and uh, we had a table there of giving away shirts and stuff for the ohio dd crisis and um, i think we had 650 shirts and we gave them all away um Mm. and and her son that like toward the end we only had like 2x and 3x at the very end we only had 3x left and like Sorry, guys. So people are like, well, use it as pajamas and all that stuff. I'm like, sure, that works. Take a yeah. shirt. So, but I walked up to the atrium at the, at the state house where the actual, uh, the big event, you know, from like the 10 to 11, 11.30 was happening. It was packed. Like I had to kind of sneak in and kind of find a place just to kind of squeeze in by the wall uh, to kind of watch. And and so that was, that was really, that was really wonderful. That was cool. Cool day to go. It was standing room only. It was very impressive. And the program was amazing. Right. And the weather was amazing. It was good stuff. It was just a good day all the way around. It, it was. was 70 degrees. And then when I got home, it was 50. Right. Absolutely. So it was. <laughs> we had to travel north. Like there was a day I, I was talking with our Lake Regional Director. And I'm like, I was thinking, I'm going to go and try to do a little bit of hiking today because the weather was nice. And she's like, we do a video call. And behind her at her house, there's like an ice storm up in Cleveland. And I'm I'm ready down here in Athens, ready to go hiking because it it finally reached 45 degrees. So it was, yeah, it was nice. So we are so lucky today to have Leah and Jackie from the AAC. How are you ladies today? Good. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, it is an honor to have you guys today. Yeah. And you guys were over at the state house uh, yesterday as well. At least Jackie, I saw Jackie there. I know uh, Leah, were you there? I attended virtually, so I just got to see the program, but it was absolutely amazing. Even virtually, it was an amazing program. The music at the beginning was so cool, and the speakers were so great, and we know Mm -hmm. Sherry pretty well, so it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Sherry was amazing. Like, I want to go have coffee with her. She was so much fun. She really is. Yeah. Yeah. I I was at the ARC table, or the, or we're passing those shirts, and and I, I saw Jackie and I'm like, man, I know this person. Why do I, you know, there's so many people that they come up to you and they're like, hey, Josh, how you doing? Good to see you. And I'm like, good to see you. No idea who they are. It's really bad, but I just don't know. But I, now I'm doing, I'm like, man, I don't know who this is. And then Jackie had the, you had the name tag on. I'm like, Jackie Martin. I know who Jackie Martin is. <laughs> you know, it, and so it it worked out well. So I was able to kind of introduce you guys. So, so the Adult Advocacy Centers is the, um, as the organization that you guys are with and doing a fantastic job. And, and we've been talking um, with the AAC here to and, and Jackie and Leah to, to kind of um, see the good work that they're doing. So that's why we had them have you guys on the podcast and thank you so much for doing so. Just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, the adult advocacy centers kind of, you know, what, are, what is your mission? Why were you formed? What is AAC? Right. Well, thank you, Josh. And I, I just wanted to say too, the event yesterday, the DD um, Awareness Day at the State House was um, so well attended. I've been to them in the past, but I, I think the 
you know, attendance of people with disabilities um, and advocates and uh, the, the number of people who were there just again points to there's so much work uh, for yeah. us to do. Um, and and it, it's really great to have people engaged in, in wanting to tell their stories and um, talk about the issues that affect them um, with legislators. So yeah, it was a great event. It was very yeah. good. So thank you. Um, it was good to see you yesterday. So the mission of the Adult Advocacy Centers um, is that we work within uh, the disability, victim services, and criminal justice systems to improve uh, access and equity for adult crime victims with disabilities and to educate and train professionals within those systems yeah, on the yeah. unique needs of survivors and, and disability, survivors with disabilities. And so our vision is really to serve adults with disabilities who are alleged um, victims or witnesses of abuse, maltreatment, or neglect. And our staff and partner agencies are expertly trained um, to meet the needs of every individual in a holistic manner, ensuring that they are the center of the investigation and treatment plan. Um, and so why were we formed? We uh, were established, the organization was established in 2019 by our executive director, Catherine Yoder, who um, has decades of experience um, being a, a, an investigator in abuse and neglect um, cases. And, and she was well aware of the glaring gaps um, in services for adult crime victims with disabilities. Um, so, and you may know, or your um, listeners may know that people with disabilities are four times more likely to be victimized than people without disabilities. And that's a yeah. US Department of Justice um, statistic. Um, but to compound that um, injustice really, data also shows that individuals with disabilities, um, cr crimes against individuals with disabilities are less likely to be uh, investigated, a, 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 the, an arrest will be made an, a, or a conviction, um, and that they are rarely prosecuted. So the statistics with that is that only 27% of alleged uh, perpetrators uh, were charged with an offense and only 9% of the alleged perpetrators were convicted um, of, of an offense. So- Wow, wow, that's alarming. Those are alarming numbers. Awesome. Right, it, it really is. And that again points to why you know we, we were formed and, and why we do the work that we do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so I think, you know, sometimes maybe people would ask, well, why is that? Why are those um, statistics the way that they are? And again, very unjustly, um, a case might may be considered a, a more of a risk if the victim has a disability, because unfortunately, people with disabilities may be unfairly labeled as unreliable sources, unable to provide information during an investigation or incapable of testifying in court. And that's the adult advocacy centers are working hard to, 
to change that. We yeah. know that that people um, have the ability to communicate in some way, um, you know, to describe what has happened to them. And 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 we just need to, you know, teach the rest of um, of the world to uh, listen, listen to that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like and. And some of the things that that we do as advocates for, with the Oracle of Ohio, in some cases that we've we've seen and experienced, that the the normal process of the investigation and the and the, the prosecution, everything all the way through the the statements and the witness, all, all these things, that there's a, a tendency there to adjust those processes because there's an individual with a developmental disability, but then use that bending or that adjustment to then write it off and say, well, they have a disability. So mm -hmm. what credit is really there? And so the, the what started out as trying to help, to help, okay, here's this variable where there's a disability, that variable then gets used against them to just have nothing, you know, no action taken. And so um, what, a, what, a, what a great work, you know, and, and what a needed work, something that's probably not talked about often, certainly not often enough, um and so that's a that's a wonderful wonderful mission i didn't 2019 that's really new that's that's really good um that's that's amazing to see what you guys have accomplished since 2019 but also makes me go oh man we didn't have aac until 2019 goodness goodness so it must be a steep uphill right now of 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 getting things you know moving forward so wonderful wonderful that is the statistics are staggering um, tell us about what you do and what your programs are that address the issue of equitable justice for adult crime victims with disabilities. Yes, we would love to talk about our work a little bit. Thank you. Um, so what we like to think about our work is in terms of pillars. So in the AACs, we have pillars of work or our pillars also are kind of our um, scaffolding foundation, I guess you can think about what holds us all together, right? Um, so we have a couple different areas. We have direct services, we have training, and we also have outreach and collaboration. So I'm going to talk a little bit about those just so everyone can kind of get a better understanding of what it is that we do um, and kind of uh, get familiar with our work. So for direct service, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. Um, direct services for us looks like providing forensic interviews to adult crime victims with disabilities. It looks like providing victim services um, through a victim advocate. Um, and it can also look like connecting someone right now, connecting someone to a forensic medical exam. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about those just briefly. Um, so when you're thinking about a forensic interview, um, you might have heard about the term forensic interviews from child advocacy centers, because obviously we have a lot of mm -hmm. child advocacy centers or CACs around Ohio, and they do phenomenal work, um, but they're geared towards kiddos, right? So the idea of a forensic interview is something that is not age specific necessarily. So what we found and what we found through a needs assessment in 2019 when we kicked off was that there was a there was a, a an outcry and a need for having a forensic interview protocol geared towards adult crime victims with disabilities. Um, so taking those same principles and concepts, but creating something new. Uh, so forensic interviewers can be trained on how to interview this population. Um, and so that's what we did. We worked with experts in the field and connected and created um, Project Find. Uh, and so that's a forensic interview protocol that was specifically developed for this. So um, from there, we've developed many different kinds of protocols. Um, so whether that's 
uh, looking at interviewing someone who doesn't use vocal speech or interviewing um, someone who maybe has um, a severe mental health diagnosis, you know, whatever that looks like, we're developing new protocols. So the forensic interview is a really neat um, tool that can be used in providing um, a service to a survivor or a victim um, where they're able to get a, a non-leading fact-finding interview to find out what happened, um, if anything happened, and then kind of build um, investigation around that if there needs to be. Um, and then our victim advocate and our victim services really is about connecting the survivor or victim to um, follow-up care and get them to let them know their rights as a as mm -hmm. a as a victim. Um, so there's a lot of different little nuances around that, um, just depending on where the person lives and what's going on with their case. But there are basic victim rights um, under Marcy's Law in Ohio that allows them to have um, specific information and have access to certain things with their case. And that's extremely important because before Marcy's Law these rights weren't guaranteed. So it would be at the whim of the investigators or the court to inform a survivor. Um, but it, a victim advocates play a crucial role in that. So that's really neat. And um, our other component that we do, um, which over time, we'll talk about this when we get to our um, talking about what's coming, but our services will evolve. They'll be the same, but they'll evolve as we evolve. Of course, right? Everyone's services evolve in time. Um, so once we have some of our um, physical site locations, some of these services will come in-house, uh, and we're, which we're really excited and looking forward to for the future. So for forensic medical exams, um, you know, we may have a survivor that we work with that's in need of an exam. Um, so we're able to connect them to local uh, medical centers, hospitals, ERs, just depending on where they're um, located, uh, and get them connected to a forensic medical, a uh, forensic nurse examiner, excuse me. Um, so this is a specially trained nurse that's able to um, collect evidence, essentially. So that's kind of our direct service pillar. Um, when we talk about training, I kind of hinted at this in, in creating uh, different types of protocols and development. Um, we have many different trainings out there. Um, and so we have forensic interview training, we have trauma-informed care, we have diversity intersectionality, and we have accessibility and accommodations. We do a lot of different types of trainings and we're creating new ones all the time. Um, but really the unique part of our training is that victim service and disability lens coming together to provide a unique perspective. Um, so you may have had a diversity intersectionality training in the past, or you may know of one or participated in one, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you might not have had that training through the disability lens. And so that's what our training offers. So um, again, it's really neat. Our trauma-informed care training is um, highly attended and it's really geared towards mental health professionals. So that way they can get a better understanding on how to provide trauma-informed services, mental health services, to the disability community. And that's something that, again, you would think, of course, that's everyone should do that. Don't they do that already? No, they don't. It's not super common. So that's why the training is so important. So yeah. um, the last part of our pillar is outreach and collaboration. And I kind of push those together um, to discuss what building up communities and working with partners really looks like. Um, so building up community, something that we um, talk about heavily in our trainings and our direct service, you know, if we come in to provide a forensic interview, we're not interested in coming in and taking over the case. You know, we're not the person that's like, okay, this victim has a disability. This is ours now. No, no, no. What we want to do is work with communities. So, so many communities around Ohio have phenomenal um, victim service um, uh victim service services. I know that sounds, that sounds cliche, but it is, they do. 
Um, and there's a lot of great uh, multidisciplinary teams already evolved. And so we don't want to come in and take away from that. What we want to do is find out what they need and support them, build them up. Maybe they need training. Maybe they need to be connected to their county board of DD. Maybe they need to be connected to the Arc of Ohio. What can we do to help make connections that you're not necessarily aware of? Um, and sometimes being aware is half the battle, right? So that's what we mean by building up communities, working with them, letting them know about our services, but also letting them know how we can work together uh, to support victims in their community. Those are all amazing. I am floored and excited that these are out there. Yeah, yeah it's Absolutely. really exciting. I have one little side question. How do people access those trainings? Oh, how do they access? That's a great, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, so you can access them through all of our different social medias, our website, um, but we also have an email listserv that we have people sign up for and you can get information that way. Of course, you can just email me, you can call, you can contact anyone on our agency and we will get you connected. Wonderful, wonderful. So also maybe um, the connection to the organization, I'll give you our website just so people listening who might be interested all of the trainings are on our website, and it's www.adultadvocacycenters.org. Yeah. Um, so that's where yeah. they can find all Perfect. of the trainings that we offer. Perfect. Perfect. I would imagine. I would imagine that there's a lot of, um, like you're saying, you don't go in and say this person has a disability. This is all us now. So there's there's so many other players. In, in all of this and, and so many different things but with with the adult advocacy centers uh, who do you who do you guys partner with who are your partners in this endeavor and this kind of massive undertaking that you're going through um and all the good stuff you do what who are you, who do you who is it that you guys partner with so we have actually a, a lot of partners throughout the state and uh throughout the nation because we really are um you know the the first organization to really um, address this issue and provide these services. So, but in the state, um, we have partners who have assisted us with developing the protocols um, for these forensic interviews. And those include um, the like adult protective services and um, the adult and protective services um, incorporated. We've worked with child advocacy centers, um, a, a national organization that we work closely with is Communications First. Um, we also work closely with the Forensic Nurse uh, Nursing Network here in Ohio, and they we partner with them on the Forensic um, Nurse Examiner uh, with a Disability Lens Training. Um, and law enforcement agencies in around the state of Ohio Certainly the local boards of, um, of developmental disabilities and the mental health boards. Um, and we also have um, partnered with OPADA, um, the Ohio, oh Leah, you might have to help me out on this, the, 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 the police academy um, for the trainings that, that law enforcement take. And so Leah actually, um, did a law enforcement and accessibility training with them through a series of them um, throughout last year, uh, where they train, where she trained um, law enforcement on um, 
accessibility um, issues. And we've also trained the Dayton Police Department. So law enforcement is a big one. Um, we are funded, um, our organization is funded in part by VOCA funds, Victim of Crime Act funds, which are administered through the Ohio Attorney General's office. So we partner with the Ohio Attorney General um, as well and a lot of uh, our issues. So people first, prosecutors offices throughout um, the state, uh, the Ohio Victim Witness Association, the Ohio State Highway Patrol, we partner with and we actually have um, MOUs with because they are um, responsible for doing investigations in residential facilities. So we have partnered um, with them and have an MOU with them as well to do forensic interviewing. Um, so yeah, we also have a, a, a grant with the Palatine Foundation um, of Huntington, which uh, serves um, the very some counties in the very southeast um, corner of the state, and we are working with them on um, human trafficking and people with disabilities. So we partner with with some of the human trafficking um, organizations down in southeast Ohio as well. Wow, that's wonderful! Wonderful. No, that's all amazing. As we wrap up, can you guys tell me what um, is coming in the future, if anything? Um, what do you want our listener, listeners to know about? Yeah, thank you. We definitely want to um, talk just briefly a little bit about something that's kind of coming out. It's going to be, we're going to be rolling this out, um, hopefully in April. Um, and um, we want to provide a little bit of information because hopefully we can come back and talk about it some more once we kind of have yeah. it officially rolled out. <laughs> right. um, so what we're really, something that we're really heavily focusing on is the forensic interview piece. And you heard me talk about what those are um, and, and Jackie's obviously statistics, the statistics she shared are, it's clear why they're needed, right? Um, yes. But something that is um, an addition to uh, kind of the, the statistics and, and forensic interviews is the idea around forensic interviewing for crime victims with disabilities being an ADA accommodation. And what we mean by that, it is, it is a very uh, complicated situation um, right now because what, what we have is survivors who are in need of forensic interviews, um, but they're not given them. And that's where, right, an investigation can perhaps go awry um, and the survivor doesn't get the equitable services or access to the criminal justice system that they should have. That is their right as a survivor. Um, so the idea that the ADA, the forensic interview being an accommodation, a requested accommodation under the ADA, um, really brings the opportunity for every single person, if they need an interview, to get one. Um, and it's kind of a, a new concept, I guess you could say. Um, but when you really get down to understanding what the, a, the, the definition of disability under the ADA is and what the ADA covers, um, it's quite clear that equal access and equitable service, even if it is under the criminal justice system, covers forensic interviews. So what we're hoping to roll out here, like I said in April, um, is a white paper that will detail out exactly what we mean by how what we mean by having a forensic interview be an accommodation, but also helps will help and assist agencies 
to provide that accommodation. So something again, you know, I mentioned earlier, outreach and collaboration is part one of our pillars. So is training. So this this also fits under our three pillars, um, but will also provide guidance to agencies who are maybe thinking, oh my goodness, how do I provide this accommodation now? We provide interviews, but you know, what should we do? What how how are we going to do it? Um, so that's where we're going to be able to come in, support that agency, and say. Um, this is how you have forensic interviewers already. That's great. They just need some additional specialized training. This is how they get it. Um, and then you're able to provide those interviews. And it's also working with those same um, agencies that Jackie mentioned, our partnering agencies, and educating them on the accommodation and how they can advocate for a survivor and say, um, hey, you know what? We're going to need a forensic interview and we need that accommodation made. And that way, um, the, the appropriate advocacy can be, can be made. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful. And and obviously you guys are on the podcast today, but we are, um, the Arquois House, sort of partnering with AAC to kind of help get the word out because uh, we really need our families to uh, to hear, to understand. So so Jackie and and, um, and Leo will be meeting with, uh, or be on our monthly message, which is our Facebook live event. Um, so then you can put the face to the voices. Look at that. So, uh, but that'll be on uh, March the 13th and, and really talking about a lot of what we're talking about here, but uh, but go a little bit, um, you know, be able to interact and ask questions, that kind of thing. So it'd be kind of a, a cool thing. Then we're going to have them back on the monthly message in April to talk about some of the things that are rolling out. So it's a really, uh, it's an ex it's an exciting time for AAC for sure. And um, and it's one of those things that uh, I know some parents um, maybe maybe are hesitant to even have some conversations about some of the you know these are difficult things to talk about at times. But whenever you're going through such a crisis, you really need, uh, you know, it, you, you can, you start to see how someone with a development disability and their family, how difficult it is um, to navigate through that crisis and, and to have the, the adult advocacy centers alongside is, a, is such a powerful resource. So, so thank you both for coming on board uh, the, the podcast uh, here today. And uh, thank you for all that you do. And we're, we're excited to, uh, to support you guys in any way. Yep. Thank you just so let much. us know. Thank you. Yeah, you know. thank you so much for having us. <laughs>